Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, presented by Paul Spain and Anne Guest. Welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, episode number 109 here, uh, with myself, Paul Spain. Dan Hessen, kia ora. And Nate Dunn. Welcome along, guys. Thanks. Good, to have, good to have you here, uh, Dan. G'day, good to be here, finally. Th- thanks, for, uh, thanks for joining us. Now, it's, it's been a fun, uh, fun few days. I guess, uh, really, it was Sunday was probably the big, uh, the big day. In the tech space, anyway. For with- New Zealand. Wow, we were in the global spotlight. Probably helped along with, uh, so if anyone doesn't know, it was the um, Kim.com's mega launch. But it, it actually, the site launched at 6.48 that morning, wasn't it? Which was... 6.38 a.m. Which uh, was time to be yeah. the, exactly a year to when his home got raided with the, the police and all that sort of stuff and the FBI raid. And then the, at 7 o'clock that night was the sort of cocktail party sort of launch for the, the mega site. And on the um, eve of his birthday too, which I didn't know until oh, yesterday. Okay. Well, all those guys were were in had come into New Zealand for his for his party, so that's why you know we had uh, well they they had all of them together there. So uh, good timing. That was that was the um, the plan from the police or FBI or whoever was uh, pulling the pulling the strings. And what a party! I suppose it's yeah, it's worth revealing that the three all three of us were actually at his at the Coatesville Mansion. On Sunday night, what did you guys think? <sighs> well, How do you describe it? Yeah, it was it was it was a pretty uh, a pretty impressive gathering. Um, we will come back to that a little bit later on in the show into the launch event itself. But I guess we wanted to uh, just firstly sort of I guess as our, our news items cover off uh, the I guess that the key features, the key sort of standout uh, you know things from from the product's perspective with Mega.co.nz, which. Uh, I guess somewhat different from the mega upload that dot com that uh, that Kim dot com ran in the past. Uh, it's being touted as sort of a uh, a Dropbox to- or, or um, you know Dropbox type alternative product or um, you know compete with Google Drive or Microsoft uh, SkyDrive. Uh, and where it sort of stands out, I guess, is the encryption side. So it encrypts files as you upload them and. And uh, and download them. Does that on the fly through the browser, and also from the price perspective, that for free you get uh, fifty gigs worth of uh, worth of storage. And there is only one um, competitor out there that 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 has that amount of storage for free, which is uh, who is it? It's another um, competitor here. Who is it? The, but, um, Media Fire give fifty gigs away. Yeah, so in, term, in terms of the the big um, you know mainstream names, they're definitely giving away more you know more storage than uh, than, than what's out there at the moment from the big names. Uh, I, yeah, I guess the um, the the you know the question is how you know how solid are they? Can you trust your data with them? But we'll jump a bit more into that discussion uh, a little bit further on now. Next up, uh, Facebook in the last few days have announced their uh, their graph search has launched into uh, into beta, and yeah, that I guess it's been known for um, for a little while that they had that they had this big uh, big announcement coming, and everyone was expecting something sort of really huge. Um, what do you guys think in terms of you know how big is this is this graph search? Is it is it really a big uh, is it a big deal? I don't think so. I was watching when they launched this on the news, and I thought it was you get you always get the same the the sort of pseudo user that they go and talk to and say, "Well, how do you feel about Facebook revealing this sort of data?" And it's like, "Well, the data got there because you uploaded it. So if you don't want it to be public, don't put it on Facebook." Exactly. And Facebook isn't doing anything with that data that you couldn't do yourself. All they're doing is collating it together. And anyone that hasn't seen the feature, it pretty much launched and said, "Let's say if you're going to visit, uh, say, Sydney, Australia, you could type in Sydney, Australia into this graph search, and it would." bring up all your friends and I also think it would actually go up to your friend the friend's friends so it would go a little bit further and show photos and where they're checked into so you could then I think the idea is you could message them or chat them and say hey you know you went to a particular place or restaurant in Sydney what was it like da 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 so it's probably some, it's really just taking what you do potentially in an offline scenario like at a party or a function where you're talking to people about going to Sydney and just moving it online um, so I think they're just taking data that's already there and just putting it or mashing it together yeah so I mean it's, it's a fairly uh, it's a fairly natural progression isn't it we've got all this information if it's information that is shared with you and accessible uh, it makes some sense to uh, uh, to be able to search it a little bit better 
And surely the, this will work well for businesses who have had people check in and, and give them good references because um, I, I, I don't know about you guys, but I know that if I'm hunting for a new product or a service and some, it's someone's used something before, that's going to have a lot more credibility than just, say, randomly Google searching or looking through yellow pages or anything like that. And we really are starting to see that sort of uh, you know crossover between traditional search and then you know social uh, social content, social sharing. I was looking for some uh, accommodation for a little holiday a few days ago, and as, you know as I went in and searched for all these various hotels, and it was coming up and saying, uh, it was I think I was on TripAdvisor, and it was saying, oh look, you know, um, you know this person has reviewed it who knows Nate Dunn, for instance. Or you know, Nate Dunn has reviewed this, and uh, another site I was on a while ago uh, was was mentioning all my friends that have liked a particular uh, hotel. So when I was going to Vegas, it was saying, "Oh, look, you know, your brother stayed at this hotel," or uh, you know, etc. Which is is quite interesting because I think it uh, you know it makes you feel maybe a bit more confident mm. that, that, but. You know, there's a whole lot of information that's missing. My brother might have stayed there and really hated it, and um, so on. But I guess maybe he'd he'd ticked like or something for it to uh, for it to have collated that info. And there is uh, the potential. I think it could backfire. Say, if you have got, you know, you're looking for, you can search for anything really. Friends' photos before 1990. You could see some pretty bad photos if they had some on there. Some sort of old school photos. Yeah, I don't. I or don't put photos worse, of me right? me up. You know, before 1990. What, with a vanilla ice haircut? I've seen a couple of photos on there. <laughs> Back that. when you had hair there, mate. The, oh, um, here we go. <laughs> the, I was actually reading, there was a, a flow-on effect of this where a, a Facebook is pe- partnering with some of the wireless providers. Um, sorry, the hardware wireless providers so that, uh, and this is quite close to my industry, where cafes could ha- put on a particular device. And if you logged into your Facebook page and clicked like, they would give you the wireless session for free. So all that sort of data, I think... You know, even Facebook can see that that is so powerful that they're yeah. starting to move further out into even hardware offerings. Um, and if you see someone like a particular event or cafes or business, you're probably going to go and have a look because let's say, oh, Paul really likes this. Oh, it must yeah. be good. Mm. I but, think, d- d- yeah. but does a like carry that much weight? Right, because people will click on. You know they'll they'll like something just on the based of an uh, based on an advert or something or something else. And you know a lot of cases they're not they don't necessarily uh, have a direct connection with that brand. Mm. I'd hate to give away all the IP I've worked out in the two years I've been in hospitality, but I know that social Facebook and Twitter, hands down. You know we we're talking about radio just before radio for us wasn't a very effective medium, but social just has a ridiculous flow on effect. I don't know what it's like. I, I know in our IT business it doesn't, but especially in something as social as hospitality, social media, just you if really you do can't it well. It. I think if you do it well, yeah. it does definitely, you know, it's worth its weight in gold. But I just on the Facebook graph search, I think that um, that's the one thing that sets them apart from Google is that that data they have, Google knows nothing about your friends where within Facebook they have that data and that's really important. Yeah. And I think Google will be sort of watching um, well, that, and that's why this. they're playing with with um, with Google Plus, right? To to get more of that information to to add it up. Now, Google um, what? Sorry. Yeah. Well, <laughs> interestingly, because we spoke about this, uh, uh, yeah, gave it a mention a month or two back, and I was quite surprised how the acti- there had been a bit of an uptick in activity on Google Plus, and I do use it from you know from time to time, but yeah, it just seems to have been you know it still seems to be really pretty pretty slim. Uh, is that would that be the case for you guys? You either do you, do you use it at all? I think for me, it just doesn't have that critical mass. I'm going to no. participate in whatever medium has all the people that all my friends. And you know, we jumped across from MySpace, which I used to use, where everyone was on it. And then when everyone transitioned to Facebook, everyone moved to Facebook. So, and I don't know what the tipping factor is, but until everyone moved, say to yeah. Google Plus, for me, it's just I can't be bothered. That's it. on a business level. I would use that for my clients to register a Google Plus. Um, you know, page because it is favorable on the SEO side. Being Google, they want to, you know, encourage you to get on their sort of social media and that 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 is good for SEO. But yeah, as you say, it's a critical massing. My friends, a lot of my friends aren't on it and I use Facebook mostly for photos and I find Facebook really photo friendly. Okay. That's what I like about it. Yeah, well, it, yeah, it just doesn't, I, I was, it looked as though it was sort of growing quite strongly, but it doesn't seem to, um, uh, yeah, prob- probably have had as big an uptick as uh, as I might have sort of ex- expected. Um, I mean, I think you know everyone's always said you know they'll 
they will do very well if they can really you know pull it into sort of um, you know be really mainstream and to get the sort of popularity that we're seeing of the other social media. But uh, you know it, it's Google, so um, you know they do have a lot of power and a lot of reach. So I think yeah. it's something not to write off just yet. Uh, now, in in business technology, there's been um, uh, an article I come across. I've just just come across. Uh, around semantic, and they're uh, they're targeting what's being called uh, ransomware. Now, I'm picking it's fairly unlikely either of you have ever seen any of this because um, it's still still pretty uh, pretty scarce. Any uh, any experience with this one yet, Nate? No, but can I just say it was ridic- oh, well, when I was reading um, the article and doing some research, ridiculously clever. Uh, but I do think it's the next sort of wave or the next variation of online scams. And unfortunately, I, I think that if so, you So, do you are, want to just run, run through... Oh, what ransomware is. Okay, so you'll, you'll be visiting a, a site and it, and it will ask you to install something. You think, oh, this is innocent enough, you install it. And then what will happen is a, a dialogue or something will pop up saying... Within, some, probably sometime later. When, yeah. You know, you, it'll wait a week and then... Uh, you know, it'll, it'll just randomly pop up with like an FBI logo or some really official looking logo saying, hey, look, we've just scanned your computer. We've found some material that could get you into trouble. You need to pay a fee or, or, or whatever the demands could be, oh, you know, God. slightly wrong. Um, but it's, I think that if you're not that um, savvy. savvy with computers, what you need to do is find a family member or a trusted friend and, say, and just have them always on call and just say, ring them and say, hey, look, I've had this pop up. What do you think? Don't go, don't panic and, and just follow it. My mum would a, follow it. Yeah, that's follow the worst thing you can yeah. do. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it's one, it's one of those, um, you know, challenges with people that aren't particularly tech savvy. They can really get themselves into hot water. So I think this, I guess, this is a reminder for you know businesses to make sure that you are getting your systems you know managed and maintained and secured and so on properly, uh, because it, now this is just another thing that can um, you know potentially infect your your systems if if they're not being looked after right. Uh, and and on the um, on the other side of it, now th- this is software that will come up. It'll you know try and threaten you, scare you, whatever, and, and ask for some credit card details for you to get it to go away. Uh, of course, if you do that, there's nothing to say that it won't keep coming back. Uh, and the other thing is that we've seen, uh, I think it was in Australia, um, and uh, I think this came through in the last uh, in the last month or two, there was a company in Australia where uh, hackers actually managed to get into their network, which actually isn't that, that hard in a lot of cases. And they took this ransom um, you know, uh, technique to the data of that organisation. So I think in this case it was an organisation uh, with medical information and, and so on, and it was information that was really important to them. They did not have any other copies of um, of the, the data. They didn't have, like, fresh backups and so on. Uh, so they were basically being held to ransom that, look, give us X amount of money, hundreds of thousands of dollars, and we'll unlock your data and your business can continue operating again. Uh, so that sort of thing is going on as well. So you know, it does highlight. It is really you know important to to treat um, you know computers with some respect, and in a business situation, have these things sort of managed and maintained properly. Um, which is, of course, is part of what what my firm, Guerrilla Technology, sort of you know does. And there are a lot of firms in in that uh, space of managing uh, you know managing technology. But it's just you know one of those new things that's out there to uh, to to trip people up. And I think we'll see a huge increase in this because the potential revenue, if they hit up lots of companies and manage to uh, you know take over their systems, there's a lot of money to be made out of that. And it's kind of the yeah maybe the next sort of uh, you know the the next thing in terms of Nigerian scams and 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 so on. You know we're always seeing these new uh, you know, nasty things going on to uh, to rip people off. Um, That's mental. How you could be a medical company with all those sensitive records and not have any form of proper backup strategy. Yeah, ACC? I think it might have been that their um, <laughs> their 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 maybe their backups were out of date or something. But I mean, we often come across that actually. You know, one of the first things we'll, we'll do uh, when we're engaged with the firm is to audit their systems and see the state they're at. And we'll often find uh, you know scenarios where they're, they're happily feeding in a you know a backup disk or a backup tape of some sort and think, oh, yep, uh, that must be working. Uh, and we find, oh, look at that actually hasn't run for you know three months or six months, and some of them are working with you know you know firms that seem quite reputable out there in the market, uh, but they're actually not checking these things every day. They're not you know testing and making sure they can recover any information off the media and 
uh, you know those sorts of sorts of processes. So, yeah, it's uh, it is worth being being careful out there with your technology because uh, uh, there are a risk or two to be um, yeah to be wary of. Uh, so it's yeah it's semantic that's sort of touting um, you know touting their security software anyway in this case around uh, wans- ransomware but obviously there's a lot of ways to uh, um, you know to deal with that that scenario. I think my one suggestion if you've got older parents who which I'm in this um, basket if you've got older parents that have got computers and you're not there all the time the one of the best things I did with my folks is um, set up their environment and then locked it right down so the only thing they can really do is send emails and create documents they can't install anything they can't change any settings it's a good idea and it, it, it is a lot of stress initially when they constantly calling you saying I can't do this I can't do that but however in, that, in the instance of that attack if something did pop up and they click yes install they don't have the rights to install it so the, the, their machine couldn't be compromised that's it and, and it's similar to you know in a business you know situation businesses do exactly the same an end user can't you know, go and install something for you know for those reasons. Then they can't install malware. They can't install something that's going to put you know put the organisation at risk, their data at risk, and so on. But then, uh, how do you protect yourself um, from John from Microsoft calling my nana up and saying that he wants to you know have a look at her computer because yeah, he thinks something's wrong? As I've heard, that's happened. Yeah, and, that, and those not. attacks, because I know my folks got done with that as well, and it's just yeah, it's um, because they Well, that, that's, that that's a social engineering technique <laughs> rather than a technology <laughs> issue. I mean, they could do that without a computer in front of you. They'll come up with a reason to you know, trick you to give them their uh, uh, credit card, but the computer makes it a whole lot easier to exactly. say, oh, we saw it's this on the screen, them, and, and, and yeah. yeah, people get... Uh, 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 you know, sucked sucked into those. Uh, in fact, anyone interested in that? Back in one of our earlier episodes, one of it, one of our first ones, I think, actually, in the, in the first, uh, I don't know, twenty or or so shows, there was a uh, a good recording there that uh, of of one of those uh, one of those calls that one of our listeners uh, grabbed for us. So right. uh, quite quite interesting to have a little bit of a a listen in to one of these scam callers calling in from. Uh, it's, I think that one sounded like they were calling from India or something, um, but I, I can't recall the specifics. It was a way back now, and uh, yeah, entertaining to hear the uh, hear the response as he sort of played them. Uh, so yes, all good, all good, fun stuff. Now uh, the mega launch. Let, let's have a little bit more of a, a, a chit chat about that one because this yeah. is. This is a fascinating story, and I think there are so many different uh, uh, perspectives on it. But in the in the piece that I put together for uh, for Mashable, I guess what I my my sort of main impression was is that they they're probably it's going to be a very black and white uh, thing in terms of people who are either very very uh, excited and positive about um, uh, Mega.co.nz uh, or they're in the other camp that thinks um, you know .com is an absolute crook. And, and should be locked up. Now, uh, Dan, which side of the fence are, uh, are you sitting on? Oh, look, I mean, you know, Mega Upload was a good service. Um, I, I wasn't a, a big user of it, but I definitely used it, you know, quite a lot. It was free. It's easy to use. And I think seeing Mega, it's just up one more level. Okay, it's slightly different. It's cloud storage, 50 gig free. You know, I mean, easy to use. Okay, it's a little bit slow at the moment, given they've just been slammed. Well, it doesn't seem to be working, does it? I mean, not I, really. No, I got in before the launch, uploaded a bunch of stuff. Well, that worked very nicely. A uh, little, yeah, slow for sure. Yeah. But now I've, you know, t- while we were sitting here, I've tried to download a couple of those files, and it just sort of says, you know, temp- you you get right through to the download stage, and. You know, right at the end when you think your file will be downloading, it's just that very last step yep. that doesn't work. It's a bit uh, of a bugger, so but what they, do you do? They've had a few issues, but uh, you imagine they're going to sort those out. Yeah. I mean, generally, it's it's really user-friendly. Um, and it is good. a very nice user interface, and, isn't it? And, and I like the, the fact that they've got 50 gig, and I've already run out of, you know, three Dropbox accounts, which I've used and sort of ditched. So for me, it's all about storage, and it seems to work, you know, well, all right. Once it starts working, I guess. Yeah. Now, one thing to point out is it does. Uh, it is pretty clear in its terms of service that you should have another copy of your data. So, if you decide to uh, to use it, do make sure you've got another copy. And I guess that brings us to the risk associated with using Mega, uh, knowing that Mega Upload got shut down, and you know people that may have had that as their one source of uh, storage weren't able to get their data back. Were you in that uh, in that boat? Were you storing? 
stuff with them or were you more a downloader rather than uh, someone that would store with them? I downloaded a few legitimate things, I might add. Um, but yeah, I, d- I didn't really use and, it. And a lot of uh, illegitimate such. stuff, I no, guess, goes no. alongside that. No, 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 no. It's all above board stuff. Yeah. Oh, I'm, pleased, <laughs> I'm pleased to hear it, Dan. Um, okay, a few movies, all right? Okay. All right. <laughs> but they've so, already come out. So, <laughs> um, so you're, you're pretty keen on the service? What do you think it's going to bring that, that we don't have available uh, at the moment that's going to be really helpful to you? Well, I just guess a central source to shove all your files without, as I said, running out of space on Dropbox. That that's going to be the easy thing. And I think once they get up all the services, you know, um, you know the um, mega uh, movie part of it. What's that going to be called? Megabox. Yeah. Once Megabox comes out, I think they're all going to plug into each other, and you may be able to, you know, download movies through. Yeah, they got mega, mega movies, and yep, yep. Um, okay. Let's say it's all absolutely awesome, what w- and you you're using it. You relied on it for three years, and then someone pulls the plug. How are you going to cope? Will you will you be totally relying on it and storing your files only there? You're likely to still have a copy on your machine, aren't you? Oh, look, you I know, mean, usually with these sort of me. services like Dropbox and so on. You're synchronizing it around devices. so I'll always back up in two or three different places as well as my machine. So, you know, there'll be no risk of that. And for me, it'll be about sharing the files as well. You know, if I need to share with, with friends, it looks pretty easy to do. I've already sort of tested it out. Although it's pretty slow, as you said, it, it works pretty well. Yeah, now they're talking about services like word processor and spreadsheets and so on being, being built in at some point in, in time. In, at the moment, they definitely don't have the speed for that type of uh, that type of capability. Uh, but yeah, I, I imagine that they need to have that stuff to compete, certainly with the uh, Microsoft and and, uh, and Google offerings that that bring you, uh, you know, Office effectively in the uh, you know in the cloud. Nate, what's your uh, what's your take on this one? Is this a good good thing for New Zealand? Is it a is it a service everyone should be jumping on board with? I, I think. Well, just step back a little bit. I had a fast, well, I thought a fascinating discussion. I because um, you know originally had me.ga, which was I can't remember That's who's right. yeah, yeah. who had the, who, which country had the Gabon, and so they had this African domain name. Yep, which then the Americans applied and as they say, and then it got dropped. And so I was thinking, well, the same thing's going to happen with mega.co.nz because the Americans or whoever will just come through and say, hey, look, the domain's got to be dropped. And I ended up chatting at the launch to a lady from Internet NZ who run the .co or the .nz namespace and i had a fascinating discussion with her and she said we're one of the very few countries that has sovereignty over our domain so if they wanted to take it um it would actually have to go through a new zealand court and follow our procedure i was i found that amazing that we're one of the few that's actually battled to get our own sovereignty over our own little bit of space um but going back to the the service yeah no i think it's good i think users need to know that they don't forget your password because of the way the encryption (laughs) works um they don't store your password so um, your files could be gone forever well, um, they would be. If you lose your password, you have lost, you've really lost everything. Yeah, you? the way the encryption works, there's no way to sort of backwards engineer your, your data to get the, the password. Um, I don't know. I'd, I'm sort of a little bit anxious with what's happened with Mega Upload. You know, are we going to see something similar happen where... It, well, and, and Kim.com and the, and the team are still, uh, you know, facing, waiting, facing the potential of having to, uh, you know, having to face trial in the U.S., uh, although I think you know most of the discussions I've had, people are are very much on the side that with all of the mistakes that were made with the initial arrest and the the spying and so on, um, that it seems fairly unlikely that an extradition will be granted. Uh, but they're still they're fairly still, unlikely, but not completely. But not com- not com- yeah, not not completely uh, impossible. So yeah, there is still a chance that they'll get uh, they'll get shipped off uh, to uh, you know to to the US to f- to face trial uh, following that. Um, extradition hearing which at this stage I think is, is planned around September time frame I think it was a, the design of the site's amazing they really use the HTML5 functions I was reading yeah. somewhere one of the next features they're going to have is the ability that you can upload a file and actually pause it and shut you down your browser because at the moment when you go to upload a file um, it's got to, your browser's got to stay open for the upload to complete so which they'll, is annoying yeah. yeah they'll allow the the um, pausing a res- resumption of uploading um, the site functions beautifully it's really nice design you can click on particular things and, and just the way the technology works I think is fantastic and the launch you know who else could do a launch at a mansion and have it streamed all over the world and 
you know, we, at the beginning we were talking about the different publications. I think you should see the Wall Street Journal and a whole of other quite New reputable. York Times has picked it up. Yeah, you know, and I think it also provided a good opportunity for you know New Zealand journalists and bloggers and, and writers and so on to uh, uh, you know to be producing content for publications all around the world. Uh, you know, I did a little piece for Mashable, and uh, you know there are a whole bunch of of you know local journos that you whose names you'll recognise on these stories on uh, on you know major publications. So it's a good little sort of uh, you know in with some of those uh, some of those media for our our local uh, our local people, which Imagine is great. The amount of free advertising for that startup, as Kim dot com puts it, you just you be millions. Dollars worth of PR. I loved the little. He did a, a launch on the Thursday before the the Sunday launch at Japa, the ice cream place on Queen Street, and he had all these people turn up. And I, one of the guys, this was the this was the Willy Wonka event where there was uh, free ice cream, and uh, at the bottom of ten tubs was that's a, right. That there was, was a golden golden ticket. That's that uh, genius, genius marketing. There was about ten golden tickets, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah that's ten, correct. Ten, ten, ten golden. And tickets. I heard one guy who, who was just up. I think it was Christchurch or He was just up for the day visiting, and he won the ticket. Excellent. And he said, oh, "I'm going to." put this on Trey me and oh, no. he reckoned he was going to get thousands of dollars which he probably could I don't know if what ended up happening in the end but he probably could have because the the way to get into the match was you know really quite difficult yeah, uh, unless yeah. you were on a list so t- tell us how difficult it was because I think I sort of scooted in sort of before all this you know the security came down uh, Dan oh look it was pretty surreal really I mean I was flanked by um, as we were arriving by a you know Mercedes in the front and a Maserati in the back and um, you know I was in my sort of old Corolla rocking up seeing the mansion for the first time it, it's basically in the what whops isn't it it's sort of in the middle of nowhere <laughs> it really is in the middle of nowhere yeah but I'm uh, talking sort of 20 30 minutes out of out yeah. north of Auckland yeah and you uh, s- sort of see the mansion used to seeing it on the telly and the, the, the everything was just well done from the moment you got there you know seeing the big mega on the lawn, yeah, and, then, and was that lit up at the time? Yeah, you guys no, came through? It, it lit up at the end, which was, that was amazing. Great. <laughs> yeah. I thought, nah, that won't be lit up. I actually thought that, you know, because we got there in daylight, and uh, yeah, was a it was a huge sign. It was, it was great. Yeah. And anyway, so we get in there, and um, you know, greeted by the security and their sort of um, black fatigues. It was all, all, as I said, surreal from the moment you got there, and just really well put on, eh? The th- I looked at um, the property on. Um, is it Zoodle, one of those property sites? And it's, you look at all the like the land parcels around, and you got like little land, little land, land, and then you can see which one is that mansion because it's a humongous. It's and this is this is the mansion everything uh, around it that was paid for with the profits from uh, Crisco. Crisco, wasn't that's it? right. The two British founders of Crisco bought it, but I, was a I lot reading? of Crisco hampers? <laughs> There's a lot of Crisco hampers. <laughs> but was I reading somewhere that they the reason they wanted to sell it because it was just too big, like it was too expensive, and they they wanted something a little bit smaller. Anyway. Don't quote the, me. The, the, the hardship of um, of having that much money, eh? Well, yeah. So just just on his mansion, didn't he get a pipe installed? A big broadband. Yeah, pipe he's got. He paid for fiber to. Yeah, he's got a hundred megabit connection into the in, into like the two, house. Two hundred grand or something for it's about pretty expensive. Fifty meters of cable or something. Well, it's a bit more than that, but uh, a lot. Yeah, good. Yeah. Good investment, I say. If you can, if you can afford in a place a place like that, then uh, you may as well afford to, uh, you know, light up a bit of fibre to your uh, to your home. And the, and the thing is, too, he had that. Um, was it called? A, was it Call of Duty? He was the top in the world on or Modern Warfare. I can't remember. Modern Warfare. Uh, Modern Warfare. Yeah. He was at yeah. the top yeah. of Modern Warfare, number one in the world out of how many hundred thousand or million players? But legit, you know, you're not going to be able to do that if you're on a standard ADSL connection because your your latency is just too high. You really need to have a fibre optic connection. Or if you've you're going to be got a lot there. of spare time on your hands as well. <laughs> I think he did. He play it for three weeks, <laughs> yeah, straight or something. It's crazy, but no. I, I think overall it was a fantastic launch, a great oh. PR start for them. You know, he got the the launch that he wanted, and it'd be interesting to see how Mega stacks up up into the um, not the deportation, the thing in August. I can't. What's it called? The extradition hearing. That yes, yeah, coming up in yeah, August, yeah, so. September. Just well. the launch for me was sort of mixture of awesome, mixture of sort of corny at times. Crazy, but just 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 generally well put on, you know. Typical dot com. Oh yeah, in- entertaining. I mean, he's really is an entertainer. It was excellent. Now, were there were there any uh, were there, were there any points that sort of stood out as being, um, uh, you know, less less than ideal and put putting um, you know putting mega in a bad light. Um, I think the question thing at the end. I 
I had a quite a light shirt on, and this is more of a personal complaint. I was freezing at the end. Coatesville gets it was oh. so hot at the beginning. I don't know about you guys, but towards the end, with the questions, I was sitting there like, "Please be the last question. Please be the last question." There and, were no, no sort of outdoor heaters, or no, or and, like was, and even yeah. some of the questions were stri- like, there, there was one lady who said, "Oh, what's Megan going to do for um, for females or something or other?" And and the answer they gave was was you know, wasn't even a proper answer. It was just a bit of a laugh. And I did find some of the questions that were asked were a little bit irrelevant. Well, they just opened it the floor and there, there were, there were some randoms there. I mean, yeah. we were there, right? So, uh, exactly. you know, there, there, there was a, there was a whole mix. But the, um, what is a computer question was taking a bit too far. The farmer yeah. that stood up and asked what a computer was. That yeah. Was, I yeah, think I don't staged. know that they answered that. that. I don't know they answered that very well. Um, <laughs> the, uh, you know, they, 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 they could have gone into a lot more detail. Um, but there were, there were, now there was one piece that, that for me, and, and I talked about this on the, um, this week in tech, um, podcast yesterday was where Kim.com was sort of making a little bit of fun of people that said, Hey, mega upload incentivize people to, um, you know, to distribute uh, illegal, you know, copied movies through uh, through the site, and he said, "Look, how would that be possible? Because we only, you know, gave people sort of incentives uh, and rewarded them if, uh, you know, the files that were that were really popular were under, I think, a hundred megs." Uh, and so he said, look, it's ridiculous to say we were incentivizing people for distributing movies. But uh, afterwards, I chatted to somebody that had used the service quite extensively who told me that, well, w- what happened with the movie content is it would be split up into smaller pieces and distributed. And so I thought, well, that's, um, you know, it just doesn't doesn't put the whole, I think that takes a little bit of shine off uh, off the event for, you know, that for him to have got up and said that uh, if it's not entirely... Uh, the full story. But is it really their fault of the service that people were finding loopholes and ways around things? Like, even if they'd made it 50 meg, people would have just made the files smaller. If you'd put other limitations around type file types, people would just rename them. Like, you can do as much as you humanly can, but unfortunately, it's the validation on the machine. There's a human who's far smarter that's just going to find ways around it. I, 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 in my mind, I don't think it's fair that that wasn't really there. So you don't you don't think in in any way that they're playing to um, those who would want to download illegal content that wasn't the purpose of mega upload. Um, that wasn't you know how they I think why they the, were so uh, made a lot of money out of it. I think part of the problem that they got into is that you know where you've got the safe harbour provisions where a a content you know if I've got a song that gets uploaded and it's being illegally shared, there's a reasonable amount of time that you as the storage provider can actually respond. And I think they were delaying that and, and some other things were making it very attractive. But I do think we're getting into a dangerous. I think Kim used the analogy of if someone posted something illegal through the mail, you don't automatically shut down the the postal service. So I, I think that's a little bit different, though. You imagine, um, you know, if I put up a, a death threat on a, you know, on say the New Zealand Herald website, right? Then yeah. there, there's a level to which they they will be liable if they don't actually address some of the content. That's if you on can, on that you know on that site. Right? If you can see it, but Mega Uploads' argument was, you know, we're such an expansive, um, you know, mega site that we we don't know everything that's going on. Um, I think that really what the best way to combat this sort of thing is that the studios and the people that provide this content need to make the stuff that we want and we're happy to pay for easier to get. Stop this, the stupid stuff of, of delaying, you know, why don't we do a worldwide release? If you've got a movie, release it to everyone, make it reasonably priced, get it on everyone's devices, people will pay for it. Yeah, and I, to- and I think there's definitely, you know, there's something to be said for for that. And we've seen, I mean, the music industry has learned to deal with downloading to the point where musicians a lot of musicians ones i've spoken to you know they don't make their money now from the music they might have done in the past mm. but they have to make their money from you know playing live shows maybe selling some merchandise and yeah maybe a bit of product at a at a show but other than that where they made their profit in the old days they can't do uh anymore but i guess the flip side is if you know if that happens too much to the movie industry you know what does it mean? It means there's going to be a lot less jobs in New Zealand for a, for a film industry. We're trying to grow that as an export sector. Uh, you know, so I don't know that there's a perfect solution because you can see you know the amount of revenue that's made from uh, from a movie at release per viewer. If you go into a cinema, what are you paying New Zealand to see a movie? About fifteen, fourteen, fifteen bucks. Yeah, dollars. Right. So fifteen dollars per person. That goes down as soon as you move to a. You know, a streaming service. You might pay eight dollars 
and you might have two, three, you know, four, however many people that are watching it. So you've gone from immediately $15 revenue per person down to two uh, for a streaming service and then, you know, eventually it gets onto TV and so on and at that level, you know, what do they earn per viewer? Maybe, you know, five cents or, you know, a, a fairly small a fairly small amount. So if they were going to change it so the day that it was on in the cinema that you could also stream it, there would you know, the price would have to be very high and I don't think people would pay that anyway. Mm. So what what would be a perfect uh, business model? Look, I, th- I think you're wrong there, um, Paul. I think that um, the ideal solution would be for uh, Kim.com to make a mega movie, right? A really big movie. And obviously put all that money back into the movie industry, all right, while running mega on the side. Wouldn't that be ideal? You make money and he makes money for the industry. That'd be See perfect. I mean? The problem is Until the movie finishes. He's ostracized so many people in so many different industries. Um. I don't know. I'm not sure that there's an there's an, e- there's an easy answer. I don't think yeah. there is. No, uh, because wouldn't w- wouldn't we have seen it already? I mean, I think yeah, there are there are things that some things are going to take time because there's all sorts of global agreements and distribution mm. agreements around music and around movie Which and is, film yeah, and TV some... content and so on. And while we've still got broadcast TV, you know, it's it's here for the next little while at least. Uh, then you know. There's a lot. Of, there's you know. There's all sorts of agreements in place with those guys. Uh, but what we are seeing is we're starting to see content become available, you know, closer on a global basis. So it's not uncommon to see a movie that launches in you know most countries all at the same time, or to see a program that goes on TV in the US and then we're able to get it within mm. you know a very short space of time. I know TV three doing some you know some content within a f- you know. A, a few hours of, and look at the, of TV the US and, and similar in, the, in Australia. That's on um, Samsung Smart TVs now, where you can not just have to look, watch something you've missed um, on the website. You can actually watch it on your TV as though you'd seen it when it was broadcast. Okay, so let's say we could we could get everything if we paid for it. We could get any content we wanted whenever. So as soon as the movie's out, we could go to a cinema to watch it. We could watch it straight on our laptop or you know iPad, phone, what have you. Do you think that would completely kill people? sharing files I don't think you're ever going to no you're, not, you're never you're never going to completely kill it but I think you're going to make a serious dent and I think we yeah. whether this is the solution or it's sort of a hybrid mix we are moving towards this I remember reading today I think it was or yesterday that Blockbuster in the UK has just been put into voluntary liquidation right. with the US I think it was last year and and they were saying that the pretty much the main reason that they're doing it is the inc- ever steady increase of online streaming video. So, you know, we're headed in this direction, but where we end up exactly, I'm, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. So definitely in the meantime, um, Meg is going to provide some sort of uh, useful service for, uh, for the immediate future yeah. for a lot of people. I would advise listeners too that if you are going to put stuff in Mega, just, and this is me being really cautious, but I would don't drop it into Mega and then delete it from your local computer no, or, your, no. or a drive. No. Do keep well, even they recommend just that too. in case. Yeah, yeah. So um, how how was Mega different to say Dropbox anyway? What, what are the differences? Well, I think I suppose the biggest difference is this whole encryption thing. Whereas if you don't have the mm. the private or public keys, there's no way you're just going to end up with a whole lot of bits of data that are going to make no sense to anyone. So really, the only person that knows exactly what's in your little cubby hole on Mega is you, and you're the one, or anyone that you share your um, password or key or what was it a file key or something, Paul, that you you had before? Yeah, there's a decryption. Uh, uh, key that's associated yep. with the file, and so you can include that. If you share, if you give out the full URL, it will include that. So you can give a URL to somebody, and they just take that and they can download the file. So if you wanted to distribute something to lot, lots of people, then you can you can use that. Uh, I guess uh, there's probably one thing that I would say is is missing in some ways is a option to not actually encrypt the content. Because encryption actually does slow the whole process down. Mm-hmm. That's, that's part of why you know Mega's going to need. Uh, well, I guess a lot of that happens at your end, doesn't it? The encryption and decryption is actually happening at the in the your browser in the yeah. browser end. But there's definitely a bit of a slowdown that's associated with um, you know w- with the site. Uh, maybe it's completely unrelated to uh, to the encryption uh, element, right? But at I don't the moment, that site is quite uh, the site is quite slow. You're not going to get. I don't think you're going to get an unencrypted mega because, in my mind, and I'm not a lawyer. Just as from my sort of armchair lawyer skills, the you know, if someone did come to Mega now with a copyright claim, Mega would and legitimately say, "Hey, look, it's encrypted. The user's the only one that knows. We just provide the facility. The user 
if they want to distribute content illegally, has to consciously make the decision to share that file key with the mass media. So we're not doing anything. The user is using the service um, to share um, content that they don't own illegally. So I think that's the legal angle they're going to take. However, I am not a lawyer, so that's so just in my where, mind. Where are they going to make their money do. from? How are they going to make their money? Um, I reckon from the paid accounts, overseas hosting. I saw a, um, a reputable person who owns a couple of big hosting companies Because it's, ten, ten so it's euros, 10 euros for storage of uh, 500 gigs worth of storage with them, right? Yeah. Data that, overseas is cheap. That's very, cheap. Very, that's very cheap. There's They're, nobody else offering that sort of pricing. I, you know, I remember seeing a tweet too that they were actually offering hosting providers of what, they, what uh, people here were saying was a very low rate, what they thought. So, you know, selling it to users and then buying it cheap, you just make your profit on the margin in between. So what happens if the server goes down? Because when you're paying that cheaply for data, uh, it's unlikely that they're going to be able to replicate that data around lots and lots of, you know, uh, data center. I think there has there was some talk, uh, you know, that at some point they would be replicating the data, but it looks at the moment you know, as though they're reasonably thin on the ground with uh, with infrastructure. So if something went down, uh, you could you could get into a bit of, um, you know, strife if you only had that one copy. But I guess that's why, hey, don't make that your only place where the data is. They'll have to distribute it. If they're going to go for sort of cheap and cheerful, they'll need to distribute it across a whole lot of different providers. Otherwise, yeah, if, one, if they've only got one provider and that provider goes out because they're cheap and nasty, all that data's lost. So it'll have to be distributed. There's no other way to do it. All right. Well, we will watch this space with uh, with interest to see uh, to see exactly where it goes. Uh, there's a whole lot of stuff online. Um, uh, I had a, that article up on uh, on Mashable dot com. There's also um, Owen Williams, um, who was at the event, who's uh, with me. Uh, the um, the earlier event in the day on the on the Sunday sort of press gathering, which you can uh, download as uh, I think it was NZ Tech Podcast episode one hundred and eight. Has all that that sort of uh, that um, discussion? So there's quite a bit of detail there. Hearing directly from Kim.com if you want to hear more than what was at the main uh, sort of public announcement and and uh, and press event. Uh, but Owen Williams did a, a really good and a detailed piece uh, for uh, the next web, which is also worth a read. Uh, just ignore one of the headlines that said there were a million users signed up in the first. Uh, I think it was the first. 14 hours yeah, what's uh, with that? that was 500,000 was the announcement so I think maybe one of the editors got that a little bit mixed up uh, but uh, some impressive numbers there anyway for um, for the new mega now a um, couple of other topics before we uh, before we finish up uh, and this year we are trying to keep our episodes down a little bit shorter uh, so they're a little bit easier to consume uh, two new products coming through that we've just just heard about. Uh, BlackBerry have their new uh, Z10, which is uh, is due to come into the market very uh, very soon. Uh, now, this of course will be lining up with the new BlackBerry 10 operating system, uh, which from all the bits and pieces we've seen is is pretty strong compete actually with uh, with Android and uh, iOS and uh, and Windows Phone in terms of its uh, its capabilities. So that's really just a few days away until um, until that um, the new hardware and software from BlackBerry uh, comes through. Uh, what we're hearing is that the new handsets are are going to lose the keyboard. Initially, they were talking about keeping the you know the famous BlackBerry keyboard on the phones and having touchscreen. Uh, but what we've seen at the moment is is something that's just a it's a big touchscreen uh, uh, based handset with a pretty powerful operating system and. BlackBerry have certainly been putting the the money into uh, developers, and we're going to see a pretty huge amount of uh, software at uh, at launch. Either of you guys have an interest in using a BlackBerry, or have you uh, yeah sort of lost interest in the whole BlackBerry? Moved brand? on from there. No iPhone now. I, I think it's it's one thing to have uh, a good platform, but you really, as iPhone and Android have proven. If you've got no app market or app store or whatever and there's nothing else to consume on it, you could have the most amazing hardware, but that's only a small piece of the, the overall puzzle. And I, I, I've never actually used a BlackBerry. I've never had one, but I'm assuming that with this new, this coming out so new, sort of like with Windows Phone, how the marketplace is still in, evolving and, and, and getting better, um, they're going to not have any content. So, Well, we have heard they have shelled out some uh, some pretty big dollars behind the scenes apparently. And have been, you know, funding certain uh, certain apps and uh, certainly in, enticing developers uh, 
uh, to you know get things across the line. So, uh, from what we can tell, there's going to be well, there, there is most likely to be well over ten thousand apps on on launch day, uh, and quite a few of the uh, you know those sort of I guess those top apps that everyone everyone wants. Uh, but we'll we'll cover that a little bit in a little bit more detail uh, once once that actually hits the you know the full uh, announcement uh, isn't here quite yet but it's uh, it's coming pretty soon. Uh, but what we had a look at with uh, there's there is a, a video online of this uh, new uh, BlackBerry uh, Z uh, Z ten and uh, yeah quite a bit of uh, quite a bit of info. Oh look at that! They've, apparently, Rim has also added. They've fifteen thousand um, BlackBerry ten apps Sheesh. just over a weekend. So there's there's going to be a lot of apps at at launch, and uh, yeah, it does it does look uh, like a pretty nice uh, pretty nice operating system from the bits and pieces we're seeing at the moment. So uh, if you are a bit of a BlackBerry fan, worth a look. If you just like to keep up with all the um, all the latest things. Last uh, last week, of course, we were talking about um, Ubuntu uh, Mobile, um, another new platform. So there, there's a bit of competition out there for, um, I guess, uh, for you know what people are going to put in their uh, in their pockets going forward. Uh, but I think it it is always a challenge when uh, when people have already got their minds made up about what they're using uh, to uh, you know to swing them to to something different, and they've made a big investment in apps and. Ecosystems and so on. So, what's the price point of it? Do we know? Is it fairly uh, cheap? Don't think we've got Nokia? we've got numbers yet. But what we do know is a lot of carriers around the world, a lot of the mobile operators have signed up. I think all of the US ones have signed up to uh, to be selling uh, Blackberries at at uh, you know, BlackBerry ten based uh, handsets at launch. So likely we'll see uh, yeah something similar uh, in New Zealand. I suppose the hard swap, say for you, Dan, because I'm assuming you've got quite a few apps that you've purchased. Through the Apple Store, like if you were going to make a swap to BlackBerry, and uh, I don't know even how you'd start to do it. You'd need some way to be able to go. I'm jumping platforms. I really want all the apps I had on Apple on BlackBerry. Because why else would you swap? Well, for me, it's just getting used to the phone. So I actually came from a BlackBerry, and you know, obviously they had the the trackball back then. I think it was the um, eighty one hundred. Um BlackBerry, and you know, it was a good system, but then they sort of lost their way. And as I upgraded phones, they got a little bit clunkier, and then the touchscreen came along. And you know, I'm just I'm so used to my iPhone now. I just, for me, it's not even the apps; it's just the way I use use my iPhone and how it responds. So I probably wouldn't I probably wouldn't even go back to uh, the Nokia now. Mm. I only say that because I know I've, uh, when I've been just talking with people who've got iPhones and talking about swapping to Android, the biggest pain point that I've come across is I've spent you know two hundred or three hundred whatever on not only apps but music. I just I'm not going to swap because mm. I've just got too much money invested in this platform. It's just too hard. Whereas I mean, just just to sort of keep current, so I'm I'm, I'm across all three. So I'm using the iPhone five. Uh, I'm using you know Android Galaxy S3. I've been using uh, the Nexus Four recently as well, uh, and then you know Windows Windows Phone as well. So I'm sort of moving backwards and forwards across those platforms. And you know what I find is music's no problem. I can move my music to any platform. That's you know zero drama because everything's MP3 these days. Uh, but then there are, there are cert- there are there are certain specifics about each platform. That you grow used to and you really appreciate, mm. and each platform's got its own unique ones. And you know, we've been using one for a while. Um, you know, one of the ones I like on the iPhone five is this uh, uh, VIP option with an email that will, you know, you can set certain VIPs, and their emails will just come, you know, straight to the, you know, straight to the, the forefront. And uh, yeah, I think that that's quite a cool feature. But no one, you know, no one else has got it. And then there's you know similar things on the other platforms that are uh, that are quite neat. I I haven't found in the going backwards and forwards that there's that there's really any apps that I can't find on Windows Phone um, or any of the other platforms. You know, generally what you need is is there, so not really a big deal for me in those regards. Um, What's the best phone then? Do you think which one do you rate out of all four? Well, the, the three handsets that you've got. I mean, I think you know again these things sort of come down to a user preference, and you know if you're committed to one ecosystem, it's really hard to move around. Yeah. So you know, I mean, the choice if you're in, if you're in the Apple camp. You know, it's very easy with the iPhone five. It is a really awesome handset. Uh, you know, you've got that bigger screen than you had before. That you know, that I think that that's a really easy 
choice. You wouldn't go for a lower end one unless it was, you know, for cost reasons, it's smaller and you know and lighter uh, than than the previous handsets. It's got good battery life. That's great. Uh, on the Android Android side, well, I mean that that's always going to be changing. You know, at the moment, yeah, the Galaxy S three is is really strong. Um, you know the uh, uh, Nexus Four is is a you know is one that's gained a bit of uh, a bit of popularity, particularly uh, you know in markets where Google sell it directly. It's been really really well priced, mm. uh, but you know we've got things coming through like this new Xperia Z uh, smartphone from uh, from Sony, which looks uh, which looks really good. It's waterproof. It's uh, it's got a full HD screen. You know, you've got absolutely top end specs. Now you know we expect Samsung are going to come in with a compete you know to that directly uh, with with the um, Galaxy S4 when that comes through. So yeah, you know, we we've got them in the sort of similar space to Apple. They're just going to keep releasing uh, iterations uh, that you know there'll be a lot of people that will just jump on those new models. Uh, now talking about um, Sony's uh, Xperia Z handset, as we have done um, recently, there is uh, now info just starting to float around about a new tablet from them which they're giving the same name Sony Tablet Z or Sony Tablet Z uh, as they call it in the US um, that's coming through which is again a full uh, a full HD screen as is the um, you know the smartphone uh, but coming coming through uh, a bit thinner and a bit lighter than what um, what else is out there in the Android space uh, and also when compared to um, what what's happening in the um, in the iPad camp? Um, so looks like a really nice uh, spec uh, device, and yeah, I'm, I'll be quite interested to see uh, one of these when they uh, when they when they land. So well well worth watching out for if you are a um, a fan of Android uh, tablets. Ten point one inch um, screen, uh, quad core, uh, 1.5 uh, gigahertz processor, and a uh, um, a hefty uh, eight megapixel camera, so yeah, sounds uh, sounds nice. Well, I think that's probably us for the uh, for this episode. So uh, thank you everyone for listening in. Now, if you would like to uh, track down our guests online, uh, Nate, your uh, your Twitter handle it's a pretty easy one, really, isn't it? <laughs> At Nate, it's just Nate. So if you want to find me on Twitter, uh, Nate or. Um, I blog through natedunn.com, which points to my Geekzone blog. So either of those two is the best way to get in touch with me. Excellent. And uh, Dan, how do we find you on uh, on the interweb? Danhesson.com. Excellent. And a Twitter handle? Uh, at, oh, don't worry about the Twitter handle. It's too hard to remember. Just my Twitter details are on my, my website, danhesson.com. Excellent. Nice. Excellent. Uh, all right, and of course, um, my Twitter handle is very easy, just my name, Paul Spain, as I always say. Uh, and uh, you can also track me down uh, via my Geek Zone blog, which is uh, techjungle.com. So thanks everyone for listening in. Uh, do stay tuned to the nztechpodcast.com website. Uh, you can also follow us, NZ Tech Podcast, on Twitter, and, uh, and we're also facebook.com slash nztechpodcast. All right, see ya. Catch up.